0: Welcome to the Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host.
1: Hi, welcome to the Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. This is Jeff Jowdy, your host for today's discussion on women and higher education leadership roles. <laughs> Joining us today are Karen and Norm Baldwin. Karen is a philanthropy consultant and executive coach. Formerly, she worked at the University of Alabama for nearly 20 years. Most recently as the Vice President for Advancement, and prior as the Associate Vice President for Advancement and as Director of External Affairs and Development for the College of Engineering. And Norm is also a consultant in management of government and organizations. He's professor emeritus at the University of Alabama, where he public personnel administration, organization theory, and general public administration. He focuses research on public organization theory, human resource management, and equal promotion opportunity. So what a perfect duo to be talking about women in higher education and equal promotion. Welcome Karen and Norm to the Beacon Podcast. That's great to be here.
2: Yes it is. Thank you for having us.
1: Well we are honored and looking forward to your insight on a very important and relevant topic. The first question for you both is when it comes to being a woman in higher education leadership, what are the common barriers or obstacles that they seem to deal with?
0: Well, I'm going to go ahead and take that one. I would normally say girls go first, but that's both a sexist adage, and you don't call women girls. And I'd have to say absolutely one of the Primary barriers to women in higher education it is discrimination and sexism. Just to give you a quick example, there's interesting research that shows that faculty members teach more to the men than women. They look at the men, they're more responsive to their hands when they go up for questions, etc. Some of it is subconscious, but then they're just men that carry sexist attitudes about the role of women in higher education.
2: And from my experience as a vice president and in the private sector before I joined higher ed, a lot of the sexism, I think, today is very subconscious. You will hear comments when women make speeches or presentations. The takeaway will be more about the outfit that she wore, the hairstyle And you don't hear that typically about men. And so I think it's something that's much more self-conscious. And for women to be successful going forward, they have to be aware of that subconscious aspect and to help remove some of the distractions. Also in higher ed, from the administrative end, there's also a bias for folks with doctorates. So that's another issue that equally compounds it for women.
0: Yeah, what we call that it's a pipeline problem and essentially throughout university administration and throughout the different departments where faculty are teaching and doing research there are a shortage of women with doctorates in order to get the jobs that would make them more representative in higher education and some of this just reverts back to sexual socialization and in contemporary times hopefully moms and dads are socializing their daughters to become doctors and lawyers and engineers and attorneys etc but you know his Historically, that's been a serious problem that moms and dads have encouraged their daughters to be teachers and social workers and nurses, but hopefully this is slowly coming to an end, but it's still a problem for representation throughout higher
1: ed. And how about what can men and women who are already in leadership roles do to create an environment that promotes equal opportunity?
2: Well, the first and foremost, Jeff, Norm and I talk about this a lot because this is something that Norm teaches, is make the best hire that you can. Find the greatest talent, whether it be a man or a woman, and help that talent understand what you're looking for, what it takes to be successful. As a leader in higher ed, you need to be a mentor as well as a coach. A coach provides very different skills. A coach teaches you how to speak, but they don't have to have the understanding of the job like a mentor does. So I really believe that as a leadership role, you need to be both to your employees, mentor and coach. and You need to share the skills and knowledge that you have looking out toward the future with this employee of what they need to be successful and very key is helping them understand the culture.
0: And I agree 100% with Karen. Actually, I would say one of the things that she's done is she's jumped to the solution. And one of the things that I'm taught to do is essentially to make assessments to figure out just what kind of problems you have. And when first of all talk about assessments, we're talking about essentially finding out to what extent women are or are not represented throughout a university and what kind of programs that there are to support women. And one of the things that we're clearly encouraging contemporarily in higher education is to create diversity officers and diversity vice presidents, people in very high levels that are essentially looking out for women and minorities on campuses. But yes, I agree with her very much so that you need to have mentorship programs for women and support groups for women. And at a minimum, if you're stuck in a situation where everybody's claiming you can't treat women any differently than men, you need to have ombudspersons for the faculty and staff so men and women can go to them when there are problems with sexism.
2: And I think Norm raises a great point, is there needs to be within an organization an outlet for someone to turn when they do feel like they're experiencing issues and problems.
0: And the other thing I thought of, basically, is that leaders need to outreach to women and encourage them to apply for leadership roles. In addition, leaders need to appoint women to significant roles, to appoint them to important committees on campus, and especially appoint them as committee's chairs so they can show off their leadership talents
2: and they need to continue to help them through this process after appointing them by ongoing mentorship. And one
0: other small thing that leadership can do is when you're marketing your university, there are always images of women in all sorts of different roles throughout the university, so it appears to be a welcoming environment so women will be attracted to your university or college campus.
2: And one of the things along those lines that Norm is talking about, when I first started working at the university, we were trying to appeal to more women students in your science, mathematics, and engineering. And we were sitting around the table in a room Talking about how we could do that, how we could get stronger candidates for women in faculty positions and administrative positions. And I looked around the room, and in the room were pictures of older white men. That was how we had decorated our offices and our buildings. And so when you're trying to attract women as a leader, you need to make sure that the environment that you're bringing them into is representative of all races, sexes, and cultures that they feel comfortable even sitting in a room having a conversation with
1: you. Excellent. Karen and Norm, what advice would you give to a woman looking to advance her career in higher education? Her institution may have some of the mentoring and diversity program. They may not. What advice would you give to a woman who wants to advance her career in higher ed? Well,
0: my big deal in higher education, whether you're a woman or minority or anybody, if you want to get anything accomplished, you have to work together. You can't go it alone. And if you're working for women's causes in universities, Uh, not only do you need impressive women that people respect to be on your team, but you need male allies also to give you credibility.
2: I agree totally with you, Norm. I think those are great. What I used to tell women coming in working for me is the first thing you need to do is look around the organization and you need to look at what leaders have and what they possess, recognize the leaders of your organization come in all different sizes, styles, so leadership is not one finite category that looks like X or Y. So you need to look to that and see what the skill sets are. You need to eliminate barriers within yourself. So know what you would have to do for a higher up job. For example, you want to have your doctorate. You want to make sure that you're not ruled out because you don't have a doctorate or you could get a CFRE. You want to dress like the culture. Again, as I said, oftentimes people focus more on their dress, so you want to understate that and make sure people are seeing you and not what you're wearing and then i have an acronym that i tell people male or female especially important to females called spark F is to seek a mentor, and a mentor can be a man or a woman. It doesn't have to be a woman. Be proactive, T, in working with him or her. Leaders are often very, very busy people, so if you're relying on them to set meetings and interactions, oftentimes they won't happen. So be proactive in setting those expectations and timeframes. A, and this is very important, act on what he or she tells you. Oftentimes people, when they're being mentored, get great advice and choose not to act on it. R is research the job qualifications, and we talked about that. You don't want to be eliminated from a higher-up position because you simply don't have the qualifications. And K, know the culture. And if that culture doesn't fit your leadership style, it may be, important that you look to another organization of higher ed that fits your culture more appropriately. So spark, seek, be proactive, act, research, and
0: know the culture. And let me just follow up on the act. I mean, one thing that Karen's always been terrific at that, that allowed her to be very successful in higher education is to take initiative. Let people know you're available. Let people know that you want to be involved. But a couple other things I want to share with you, that I think are you know fairly profound. Is one is. When there is sexism and discrimination in the work environment, be sure you don't confuse that with just the poor treatment that goes to each gender. And that is very tricky. And sometimes things happen that are absolutely unequivocally sexist, highly discriminatory, and other times, it's just bad people treating everybody poorly. And so one of the things that women need to do is seek the opinion of others. If you Go to other women and say, this is what happened. Do you concur that this is discrimination or sex?" Sexism and go to respected, thoughtful men also and ask them what they think. The other thing that I always encourage people to do is to initially, when there are problems with sexism and discrimination in a work environment, is to initially to try to solve the problem at the lowest level. That means if there's a problem with your boss or a colleague, go to them. But if they're not trustworthy, you go to a level above them. As long as you're not getting appropriate response, you keep elevating. But the main thing is, is you don't start by going to an attorney or going to the press because what happens there is it's very unfortunate. The women become marginalized in the environment. They become labeled as troublemakers. The same thing with anybody, to be honest with you, that starts with the press and goes essentially to attorney to solve a problem. So I was initially try to solve the problem at the lowest level and absolutely unequivocally keep raising it to the next level until you get justice. And that really kind of leads me to uh, the final point that I want to make with this is that it is so important for women to be persistent just to remain a constant voice for women and keep evaluating the problem and elevating the problem to the next level until people respond to it but you've got to persist you can't back down or else essentially in the type of environments we're still in there's a sexism that's going to continue
2: That's exactly right, Norm. And women traditionally hold back, and you need to be persistent. You need to be proactive.
1: Awesome. Karen and Norm, thank you for this great insight on women and higher education leadership roles, and I know anybody who is listening to this podcast has benefited from it, and we look forward to having you back as guests again.
2: Sounds terrific. Yes, thank you, Jeff.
0: Thanks for listening to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcasts and guests at LighthouseCouncil.com.